Okay, good morning. Bez Hashem. This week and next week, the last two weeks, we're going to be going through this topic of uh, Bishuliakim and the Macholiakim. And uh, what we have left is to finish up the final topic is the heter of Eino Eil al Shulchan We said last week, we saw the Gemara, that there's two heterim be'ikr, which we can use to be matter foods that are cooked by a guy, even if the Jew didn't turn on the fire, and all the other things that we saw that may be heterim, totally cooked by a guy, and obviously assuming there's no chashash of a dover oser, we have two main kulas. And the two main kulas we had are the kula of nechel kamayishu chayef, it's edible raw, so we explained last week that since you don't really need the actions of the chef, so we don't have the chashash of chastas so becoming close to him, that was one heter, and we discussed that heter last, last week, and what the parameters of that heter are. And the heter which we're going to be discussing this week and next week is the heter of Eino Eil al The Gemara says that in order for a food to be also, it has to be the type of food that is something that would be served at a king's banquet. Now, we have a bunch of different issues which we have to address within what exactly that means, what are the parameters of that, why would that be a chilik? Before we get to that, I want to just go through another heter, which wasn't specifically addressed. They brought down the Gemaras here and the Rambams here. They didn't really make a point out of it in this booklet, but it has a ramification, Allah Chalamaisa. So I wanted to just briefly discuss this other heter. The Gemara talks about is a fellow went and he wanted to clear the swamp. So how do you clear a swamp? So either you can sit there and chop through the underbrush for a few weeks, or you can take a torch and light it on fire, and a few hours later, your whole job is done for you. So someone was clearing a swamp, and when he was finished clearing the swamp, there was this nice delicacy all over the place, and all the rocks and logs, you have nice toasted grasshoppers. So the shash, the shayla hawach is, could you eat the grasshoppers? Now, the Gemara says that you can't, but the Gemara is mavur. The reason you can't eat them is because once they're roasted, it's hard to tell between the kosher ones and the non-kosher ones. But it's mavur in the Gemara that if you could tell, and you knew that these were kosher grasshoppers, so it would be mutter to eat the grasshoppers. Now, obviously, this is going to be a question. Are grasshoppers something? We'll get back to that. But it's a, you're allowed to eat the grasshoppers, even though they were cooked by a guy. And this is passing them the Rambam Halacha. And the reason is because the guy had no intention to cook grasshoppers. He was trying to clear a swamp. The Gemara has a similar concept. The Gemara talks about that you're singeing an animal to get off the hair. So how do you get the hair off of an animal? You singe it in the flames. And while you're singeing it, so the ears may end up getting cooked. And if the ears get cooked, now you can eat these nice roasted ears. So again, the Gemara says the guy has no intention for cooking. The guy is trying to remove the hair and it's mutter. And the Gemara gives one more example, that you have a <clears throat> guy is lighting a flame to dry out some wood, so if you stick some food in the corner of the oven, the guy can't see it, it's hidden, it's covered over by something, so even though the guy actually cooked it, the guy wasn't trying to cook your food, it's mutter. Now, what we see from here, in Heter, that if the guy did not have intent to cook, it's going to be mutter. And L'chaira, it's not just that the guy had no clue, like in the case where you hid the food in the corner of the oven. When the guy is singeing this animal to remove the hair, and you have the worker in the shlachtais, his job is to get the hair off the cows, he's aware that the ears get roasted, and maybe sometimes he chews on the ears, but at the end of the day, that's not what he's doing. He's out to get rid of the hair, and even though he's aware that he's going to be toasting the ears, that does not answer because his intention is not for cooking. Now, 
Why does this have any halachic ramification that if a guy is doing something has no intent for cooking? It's mutter. But there, it's not so negay in our lives. It was more negay in olden times where they had the oven in the middle of the home that was used for central heating, the Tanah Beis and, you know, so then you can have a question if there was some food there and the guy lit it and he was trying to heat the home and he didn't realize the food, the pot was there, would that be mutter? But there is one area which just has a lot of halacha lamaites ramifications, and specifically sometimes happens on Shabbos, is if you have food sitting in a crock pot, and let's say it was not cooked at all, and it's totally raw, the power goes out, and the guy turns back on the power, the power gets turned back on on Shabbos. So it comes out that who turned on your crock pot is the guy turned back on your crock pot. So you would ask, is that Bishalakim? But based on this halacha, since the guy has absolutely no intent to cook when he's flipping the switch to turn back on the power, that would be Mutter. And L'Chaira, what? So pasteurization, they're intending to cook it. Now, the, maybe the purpose is for something else. The purpose is for, is for to kill the germs. Well, mice, that, that is cooking. But, um... Oh, so now the question is, so if the guy is turning the, the you know, he's, he's somewhere miles away flipping the switch in the main breaker, it's possible he has no intent to cook. What if he's in your house and the circuit blew and the guy comes into your house and he's turning back on the circuit? Now, there's also Shabbos issues, which we're not going to address right now, but let's say it wasn't Shabbos. So if the guy is flipping the circuit, and even if he's aware that he walked through the kitchen to get to the circuit breaker, and he sees you have a crackpot plugged in. Lamaisa, this is not a derech bishel at all, and the guy is not thinking of bishel. The guy knows that it's being turned back on because your crackpot needs, and he knows that he's turning on the crackpot, ain't a chanami. But if the guy is just turning on, flipping the switch, because you need your heat, and you need your air conditioning, you need ten other things, and it happens to be that one of the things that's going to happen by him flipping the circuit, even if he's aware of it in the back of his mind, that he's going to be turning on the crackpot, it's like singeing the hair where he's aware the ears are cooking. Lamaisis is not a derech bishel known cooks by turning on the circuit breaker. He's not thinking about cooking. He's just getting your electricity going again, and therefore, l'chayr would be motor. Now, what? If the chalm's cooked, you have no shayla in the chanami. I said, we're not going to get involved in the chalm's aspect. If the chalm even reach Michael ben desoy, it's fine. But if the chalm's, if you put in, which halacha we discussed, you know, if you put a totally raw chalm into your crackpot right before Shabbos, and it's not going to be cooked for the Friday night meal, so that's more that you could do that. And definitely if you have a blech, you could do it even if it will be cooked in time. So if you have totally raw chalm, put in right before Shabbos, and the power blows in the beginning of Shabbos, so you would be able to use this. This would be a, a welcome halacha. Now, this is not the heter that we're really discussing, just something that comes up in the Gemara and the Rambam that we saw today. So what we want to discuss today is this heter of Eina Eilal Shulchan So the first question we have to know is, what's pshat? Why should it depend on what the king, if the queen of England would eat this at her state dinner, why does that have anything to do with the Isser of me eating from a guy? So the Rambam, the Rajbah, and the other Rishayim explain that the Yisrael Advarim is, is that what do we worry about? We're worried about chasnas. Chasnas comes if you invite someone. I'm going to invite you for a, for a nice meal in my home. So that's going to create a certain closeness. If the neighbor gives you some potato chips, that doesn't create closeness. So the chash is that there's going to be chasnas because the guy is going to invite you for a nice meal. So if it's not something that will be served at a nice meal, you wouldn't invite a guest to eat this meal. So that's not something the chazal asked. Why did they put the hagdara with a king? So it's a way of determining what's something chashiv and what's not chashiv. Everyone has the very subjective manner, what I consider a nice thing, what I would consider to invite someone, and what you consider nice. And, you know, some people like to have, uh, you know, some people will eat their, you know, 
Pichad. It's a very harsh of a thing. Someone else will say that's disgusting. So they gave a clear Hagdar. If the kings will eat this by their meals, so that's something that's looked at as Chashiv, and something that's Chashiv, that a king would eat at his meal, so that there's no Isser of, if, if the king would not eat it, there's no Isser B'Shuliakim. Now, when we discuss this Hatha B'Shuliakim, there's a bunch of very important shayos which are going to have to clarify to figure out when we can use this Hatha and when we cannot use this Hatha. Now, before, now, one very important shayla, which I'm not going to address this week, and this Be'ez Hashem will address next week, is the shayla of how exact does this food have to be, the food that the king would eat. You know, do we say, well, fried potatoes, the king would eat fried potatoes. You have a nice fried potato dish, so therefore potato chips are fried potatoes. Do I say any meat? Meat's definitely served at a royal banquet, so even hot dogs. So does it have to be, well, maybe it's the method of cooking. Does it have to be, the, maybe it has to be the exact, that with this dish right now that I'm serving, be served at the king's banquets, and you can say even my yontos there, a piece of roast made with duck sauce, probably they wouldn't serve it at a royal banquet. So what's the gather at Varum? How do we dis- figure out which food and how close does it have to be the food the king would eat? That, as Hashem, we're going to get to next week. But we want to discuss this week and several other important issues. First of all, we want to know that this, that it says a king, doesn't mean Dafka has to be the king, what about if it's a Officer, important. We have to go with the Queen of England. Go with any important person. What's together? How important does it have to be? Another question which we have to figure out is the suda. Which what type of suda we're talking about? We're talking about you know a state dinner. Even the Queen of England, they they only have a few state dinners a year. State dinner is planned. Uh, I was curious. I looked it up. State dinners are planned months in advance, and just setting the table takes a week. Mamish a week to set the table for the state dinner. And it's done with the uh, mishunadika. You know, everything has to be measured and exactly equidistance, and the napkins have to be folded a certain way. That's you know, that's a state dinner. So you know, you can imagine what's served the state dinner. And then there's, you know, the queen eats the rest of 365 days a year. She eats. So what's the what exactly are you referring to when you're talking about the shulchan And then. We have to know that, and this is the first thing we're going to address, is the Gemara said, in the Lashon of the Gemara, when the Gemara said this, the Gemara said that, Kol that has to be something that's eaten on the Shulchan Malachim, the Gemara adds this extra condition, there has to be the lafis base pass. So we have to figure out what exactly does that mean? What is the Gemara? Is the Gemara coming to add something? Is the Gemara coming to limit the Isser or expand the Isser? What's this lafis base pass? So said, if it's eaten at a royal banquet, which then leads us to the Shiloh, if it's only a certain part of the meal, what about the appetizers? What about the desserts? How integral to the meal does it have to be? I mean, dafka the steak, dafka the, you know, the meat or the fish, and anything else is not part of the Shulchan Malachim. So that's the first issue we're going to discuss. What does the Gemara mean when it says Lafis Pesapas? So the Rishayim are Chaylik. We have the Iker Tuma Halchim and the Rishayim how to understand this concept of Lafis Pesapas. The Rajba says, and the Rajba is bothered because the Gemara discusses oatmeal, farina, daisa. And the Raj was bothered that the Gemara says in many places, and all the Rishonim asked this, that Hamni Babli Tipshoi, the definition of a stupa Babylonian is they eat Nahama Benahama. They eat bread with bread. They dip their bread into farina. So the Gemara says it's not a normal thing to do. Normal people, and definitely at a royal banquet, no one would go and dip bread into 
So therefore, the Rosh is bothered. The Gemara over here discusses Daisa, and the Gemara seems to assume that Daisa is something which is Eilal Shulchan Malachan, the way the Rajba understands the Gemara. And if that's the case, the Rajba asks, it's not Malafis Beis Apas, right? Malafis Beis Apas means something that's eaten literally together with the bread. You know, in, in, in earlier times, I had a, someone I learned with last time I did this. He was a, a Moroccan who grew up in Israel from Moroccan immigrants who really he grew up living like a you know, the way they used to eating, the way they used to eat in Morocco. And he told me every meal was this big saucy dish, and you start eating everything with your bread. Everything went on the bread. So there's a concept of eating all your food, even the meat and the fish. Is there a lot of space of pasta was eaten together with the bread? Not the way we eat. You know, we have a challah, and then the challah and the dips, and it's off the table, and then you eat the rest of the meal. So there's the part of the meal that's lafis base of pasta. And the rash is bothered. The dice is definitely not that part of the meal that's lafis base of pasta. So the Rajba's answer to this question is the Rajba says that Enachanami dice is not malafas by Sapas. However, Zakti Rajba, you we didn't only ask for foods that go with pas. It's not Mastabra. You can have a very elegant rice dish that's served at a meal. That, that's not also because you don't eat the bread with it. Not every meal, not everything has to be eaten with bread. Zakti Rajba, something that's the main course, of course that's going to be also. That's Ayol Shulcham Alachim. It's eaten at the banquet. The lafis base of pas we're coming to include. It's, a, it's an inclusion. We're coming to say that if you have certain foods that on their own they're not so chashiv, but you would serve it at a royal banquet to be malafis base of pas. I don't, let's say an example, hummus. Hummus is probably not considered a very fancy food. You wouldn't serve a hummus dish. You know, you can go to a pizza shop and get a, a you know a falafel shop and get a hummus plate. You probably wouldn't serve that at a royal banquet. But you could imagine that maybe a royal banquet they'd have some hummus. They're in a nice little dish on the plate. I don't know if they would, but just an example. Something that's malafis by sapas, they would serve it along with the bread, even though maybe it doesn't have its own inherent kashivas. So the Rajiv understands the Gemara is coming to be moisif. Anything that's the main part of the meal is for sure going to be aser. And the Gemara is adding that even if it's not kashiv on its own, but it would still come onto the table to be malafis by sapas, that is also aser. So that's the way the Rajiv learned. However, the Ritva says that no, it's not true, that uh, has to be Malafis by Sapas, the Lashon of Gemara has to be Malafis by Sapas, and anything that's not actually Malafis by Sapas, if it's not eaten together with the bread, it's not going to be awesome. When it comes to this Shailah, so, Achreidim assume, so the Chachmas Adam and other Achreidim assume, that anything that's eaten as part of the bread part of the meal is definitely awesome. So Malafis by Sapas, whether it means doesn't literally mean it's food. Today we don't eat that way. We don't, you know, dipping, you know, if, if you go to the steak dinner and you're dipping your, your bread into your steak, probably they'll look at you that you're, you know, you're uncouth and you're not following the protocols. Afal pikein, if it's part of the main part of the meal, whether we're going to go with the Rajvus Hagdara, that, which some Achreidim seem to say, is that just if it's the main course, that alone is enough, or maybe Lafis by Sapas just means it comes along with the bread, but it seems that the Rishayim and Achreidim understand that when the Gemara says lafis by Sapas, what the Gemara means to say is something that's part of the main meal, because what your Mechabed, someone, guess is the main meal, the main meal comes along with the bread, as opposed to something that maybe before you even go into the dining room and they have you sitting there eating some little finger foods before you get to the dining room, maybe that wouldn't be included, but if it's there together with the bread, that's a simon that this is one of the chash of the parts of the meal. So that's in terms of the lafis by Sapas. But now we have to address what about something that's served as an appetizer? 
And we can imagine, you know, you go to a chasana, even a very, very expensive, fancy chasana, so they're not going to serve anything less than a nice big piece of prime aged meat at the main course. But at the shmur, they're going to have a lot of, you know, you might, you wouldn't be astonished to find some kishka and sauce being served as one of the dishes. They want to have 50 dishes at the shmur. They might serve something that's a little bit less chasana. So the question is, you could imagine it maybe by a royal banquet, they would also do that. So does the fact that they would serve this as one of the appetizers, is that enough to make it al shulchan malachim, or does it have to be part of the main course? Now, there are achreinim, the pichadosh very strongly, that if the Gemara said lafis place a pass, the Gemara obviously intended only to include those things that are the ikker part of the meal. If it's not the ikker part of it, what, what did the Gemara want with lafis place a pass? And that's how the pichadosh held some safer. However, we saw that the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch passed not that way. The Rambam says, now, Pichadosh argues whether or not the Rambam really means this, but the Rambam says that the foods that are there as a pateras, which means we're all familiar from Arab Psoch, and pateras is the first courses, those things to get your appetite, to whet your appetite, the appetizers. So the Rambam says that Pulin, Vafunim, different types of beans, Kiyosim, Shisholkin, Oisam, Akim, the Gaim cooked them, Moichin, Oisam, Asur, Mishum, Bishuli, Akim, it's also because of Bishul Akim, the Mokim, Sha'ilan, Al Shulchan, Malachim, Mishum, Paparis, if they're brought onto the table as an appetizer. And Lachayer, where did the Rambam get this from? The Pichadish is right. The Gemara says it has to be Lalafis, Place, Apas. Where do you get from to include things that are only appetizers? So if you look a little bit right in the Rambam, the Rambam's pretty clear where he gets it from. The Rambam says, he brings that Gemara. He says, Akam shebishul v'neschaven, right? The halacha we mentioned, the guy cooked unintentionally. For example, he lit the swamp on fire and there was grasshoppers. Harei mutar, and since he cooked unintentionally. But the Ram was bothered. Forget about the fact that guy had no intent for cooking. A royal banquet with grasshoppers sounds retarded. So Rambam says, "Afilu b'makim shein oylan al shulchan alachem ishum paperis." So the best the Rambam could come up with, he couldn't fathom that there is a kingdom where the king had on his. You know, as part of the main course, they served grasshoppers. But the Rambam said could be there was, you know, when they served the appetizers, the guy going around with the with the trays, so he has his franks and blanks, and there's some little roasted grasshoppers. That the Rambam can imagine, and therefore the Rambam assumes that it's mavur from there. You know, what about the toasted ears? Toasted ears, why are they going after that? That's also not really something you'd serve at a banquet. Now, maybe that's because it's considered meat. Maybe we'll see that next week. But zikah, the grasshoppers, the Rambam felt is mavur that even things that are only served as appetizers were also called oil al shulchan malachim. And l'chayra, it's not just appetizers that are oil al shulchan malachim, this is how the shulchan of paskins, but who had din desserts. How do we know desserts? Because the Gemara we saw last week, we discussed dates. We have the bitter dates and the sweet dates. And the bitter dates, the Gemara said, are awesome, Mishum Mishuliakim. Now, okay, I understand they're not Nechel Kamei Shulchai, but did you ever hear of anybody eating dates as part of their main course? I don't know, maybe they had in part of some, some Syrian dish where you have meat and rice and dates, maybe, I don't know, but Kipshutoi, the Rishayim assume that these dates are being served as Kinuach Suda, as dessert. So we see, we now expanded it, anything that would be served at the royal meal, whether as an appetizer, any part of the main course, or for dessert. However, it still does have to be, so we definitely expand it. It doesn't have to be something you dip your bread in. It can be the appetizer, the main course of dessert, but it does have to be part of the meal, which has a tremendous nafkamil halacha. In America, all of our sugar, if you look at the bag, it always says it's pure cane sugar. That's American sugar. In Europe, most, or at least a large percentage of the sugar is actually from sugar beets. 
and it's a beet that's not definitely not edible raw. Cane sugar, the reason it makes a difference, cane sugar, you can eat sugar cane. You can go buy it in the store and chew on it, and it's very sweet. So it's considered nechel kamay But the sugar beets are very, very hard. They need to be cooked and processed and refined to get out the sugar. So l'chayra, it's being cooked. It's being cooked by a goy. So why don't you have a problem with bishuliakim? This is a problem that was already discussed by the earlier, by the Achrayim in Europe, that how could you eat sugar? Sugar is not nechel kamay shuchai. And imagine that if they serve, you know, you go to Buckingham Palace and they bring you coffee, they'll probably have a little sugar bowl where you can take some sugar. So it's nechal sh'elal shulcham alachim. So why isn't there an iser to eat sugar? So the teretz is because although we've expanded that it has to be, that doesn't just have to be lelafis base apas mamish with the bread, but it has to be some part of the meal. Either the appetizer, the main course, or the dessert. The sugar is not part of the meal. It might even come on the table during the meal, but it's definitely not part of the meal. We can imagine that the appetizer leads you to the bread meal. It's still part of the main meal, but something has no shaykhus to the meal. Even if it might come on the table at the meal, but it's not part of the meal, that would be mutter. So, huadin, we saw one of the achrem, forgot who, mentioned that if you have, that if you have, they used to eat, you know, orange peels, candied orange peels from the goyim. And even though, maybe again, that was something, if you're going, you know, during when they served coffee after, and tea after the meal, they might put out at the king's, you know, little bowls of some candied orange peels, but it's not part of the meal. It's not even the dessert of the meal. It's just something that would be served in the palace. That's not going to be enough to answer. It has to be something that's somewhat part of the meal. Lafis place, the palace has to have some shaykhs to the past. Now, does it have to be an actual king or even other important people? So most, most places can assume that it's... Sorry, I shouldn't say most places can. The Lashon of the Shulchan Aruch sounds like it has to be Dafka, a king. However, many Achreinim, Kafachayim brings down from the Arizal and others, that any important officers, it doesn't mamish have to be the king. Now, one last question I want to discuss this week is this question we asked that what does it mean, the king's banquet? Does it mean the state dinner that they have, you know, a few state dinners a year? Does it mean, if not the official state dinner, some sort of royal meal where they're inviting guests? Or what about the king and queen sit down to breakfast in their, you know, in their royal kitchen, they eat breakfast, wherever they sit and eat breakfast, you know, they, they might want to eat pancakes and cornflakes for breakfast just because they're a queen. Not the queen of England probably doesn't eat cornflakes, but they would definitely eat things, you know, you can imagine they'll eat some scrambled eggs, which scrambled eggs is not a very fancy thing, but halmiya, you could imagine they would serve it for the king and queen for breakfast. So the Achreim discussed the Shaila, and they brought over here in the Kuntras from, uh, a, a safer from uh, Rabbi Rubin, from the Arkashabbos, wrote that he spoke to Bliyashev about the Shaila, and Bliyashev felt that it's not dafka, something that's served at a, some sort of royal banquet, that even something that the king and queen would eat in their own private dining room and they're eating alone with their family. And you could hear somewhat of a svara to, the, to saying this, because you can ask, why are we putting it being toilet in the king and queen? We should be totally, whatever is chashav, why don't we make it together if you would serve it at your Shabbos meal? Or why are we being toilet in the king and queen? So we could understand that we want, we're looking for some sort of objective standards based on each society, so whatever the king and queen would eat is chashev. But to say whatever the king and queen would serve at a state banquet, a state affair, it's very difficult to imagine that that's the only thing that's chashev. Those people, you know, they're way wealthier and on a higher, you know, social strata than pretty much anyone else in society. Why should we totally an isser that's meant for regular average people in what the king and queen would do? 
So you could hear that if we say it doesn't mean what the king and queen do at a royal banquet, it means what the king and queen would eat at their own table. So it has some chashivas. The queen of England is not going to eat things that are really low-class foods, but anything that's good enough to serve the queen of England for breakfast on her own, so that has enough chashivas that will ask her, because that means that if she'll eat it on her own, I would invite my neighbor for that. So this is how everybody Yashiv understood. However, most Acharim do not understand that way. They understand that it has to be something that would serve by somewhat of a royal meal, not a, just what they eat on their own in their dining room. It has to be somewhat of a royal meal. Now, how you magda that, especially it becomes extra complicated in a day and age where, you know, you can have the, the you know, presidents want to show that they're man of the people, and they'll serve, you know, foods that are not really lefich vaydam, just to show how they're regular people. And Rabbi Kazowitz said that when he was in Mexico, they were tumbling, they had a big problem, everyone likes to eat corn tortillas over there. And corn tortillas is always considered a very low food, not elal shulchan And then they had someone who was elected president who was, uh, wanted to prove his credentials as a man of the people, and he started serving tortillas by his royal state dinner. So does that make it all of a sudden elal or he's trying to not be a melech? So, you know, it gets complicated. I think some will say so anything that would be chashiv enough to serve at a shavabrachas or some other chashiv a meal is considered elal shulchan malachim. And Bez Hashem will try next week to get halacha lamaisa, which foods are considered elal shulchan malachim, and which, uh, if you go boss of the min or boss of the actual food. Shkech.